0: This episode was going to be about music, right? We're going to talk about music. Yeah, Buddy Bot. Um, there's some music talk in this episode. Uh, it's uh musicians. There's musicians, uh, white noise, a bunch of stuff like. What? Why? Why do you ask? Well, I love music almost as much as I love pizza. You want to hear my favorite song? Uh, sure. What's your favorite song? Play it for you. Oh my god. can't believe I fell for that. This is that song that you put on the button in our live stream that people keep pushing. Oh my god. Oh, turn what it off. Turn it, it off. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? Here, let me show you my favorite part. Oh, buddy, bud, you're the worst. So if you've been tuning into my streams on Mixer.com slash Robots Radio... You will have recognized that song from the button that everyone's been clicking that says do not do not click. You see, BuddyBot, that's me, has been uh, messing with my channel. Thank you. Thank you again, BuddyBot. So, (laughs) so this episode, we're talking about another one of the vaults, Vault 92. And uh, BuddyBot's right. It does have to do with music, but it doesn't have to do with yodeling. You see, let's just dig right into this. Imagine. You were a musician, and I, I bet many of you are. I have some experience playing music. I've mentioned this before. I've, I used to tour in a band. I play guitar and bass guitar. I can play a little bit of drums. I can find my way around a few other instruments a little bit, but not a whole lot. But if you've played in a band with other good musicians, then you know the feeling of being on stage... Or being with a group and really jiving with other musicians. Whether you're playing a composition that you all know or just jamming together, there's this feeling that happens when you get a lot of really talented people into a room together and you're able to create something cooperatively. There's this really awesome feeling to that. And I want you to put yourself in the shoes of a musician at the time of the great war we're going back to 2077 and you have everybody signing up for different vaults or at least the people who were able to and i'm sure there's a lot of discussion about what things people can bring with them how they're not only how they are going to maintain their health and their survival but how are they going to Continue doing the things that they enjoy, the things that really make life worth living. And for many musicians, that's their music. So, as a musician, to find out that Vault 92 was opening up in Maryland, in Old Oni, Olney, Olney, I think is the way you pronounce that, in Maryland, and that it was specifically a vault for musicians would have been a a godsend to many of these people to think that they could spend the next hundred years or however long they survive with a community that loves the same thing they do must have been a blessing. But of course, with many of these vaults, it's a blessing in disguise. So let's dig into the wiki at fallout.gamepedia.com. It says here that the construction of Vault 92 started in May of 2062. This is a good 15 years before the Great War. It finished six years later in 2068, and it was designed to hold only 245 occupants. Now, this is pretty small. There are a lot of vaults that held way more people than that. So a very limited number, but a very specific group of musicians and it was catered directly for the needs of the musicians it had sound equipment musical instruments recording gear facilities recording rooms probably soundproofing so that the the music wasn't too echoey through the vault but of course that wasn't the only thing this vault was there for the vault had a second hidden mission once the vault was sealed on October 23, 2077, the overseer Richard Rubin began implanting vault Tech Confidential Plan WNMSCE, which stands for the White Noise Mind Suggestion Combat Experimentation. An experiment designed to test the validity of implanting combat suggestions in human subjects through the use of modulated ultra-low-frequency white noise. Now, simply put, this is subliminal messaging. This was a topic that was very popular and very controversial over the last century, especially with things like radio, movies, uh, music. In the 60s, the idea that you could uh, implant messages backwards in a song took root and people were figuring out what messages were hidden in the Beatles or in Led Zeppelin or whatever. And there was this general consensus that subliminal messaging could be a thing that we could actually reprogram somebody's brain through messages hidden in other sounds. And in this specific situation, they're using ultra-low frequency signals. Ultra-low frequency. So let's talk about the sound spectrum here. High frequency sig- signals are uh, very, very high, crisp sounds. Very, very high at the top. Like the squeaking of a, of a mouse. Very low frequencies are the rumbles of bass. The sounds that you hear when you are in a theater watching some movie and they've got all the subwoofers pumping and there's an impact and the whole theater feels like it shakes because of those low frequencies. Low frequencies like this are also the sounds that things, that animals like whales use to communicate over very long distances across the ocean. The other thing that's also interesting about this from a human psychology perspective is that although we can't hear frequencies below a certain threshold, there is some evidence that human beings can sense them in some way and that those frequencies l- lead to a feeling of dread or impending doom. There's, there's some theory around this that one of the reasons why we get spooked out in some locations and we feel like a place might be haunted is in fact due to ultra low frequency sounds in the environment, which trigger something in our brains to make us feel like we're in danger. Now, these are the sounds that they are implanting subliminal messages in in order to reprogram the people in this vault. It goes on to tell us that the first limited tests carried out on isolated musicians in the sound booths were a success. Originally, they were only pumping the sound into the sound booths while the musicians were playing their instruments. The other dwellers remained oblivious, save for the occasional odd pitch or other minor discrepancies on sound equipment. Relationships flourished, particularly the romance between violinist Helga Egelbrecht and Parker Livingstein, or Livingstein, I think, supervisor of the recording studios. So everything was going fine, and they were implanting these sounds. Now, let's take a little side note here. What are they trying to do with these implanted sounds? Well, we've heard definitely from some of these other vault stories that Vault Tech was involved with the government in trying to develop better soldiers. So what if you could reprogram someone's brain to make them a better soldier? That's what this was about. The success of the field tests encouraged Rubin to proceed with the outlined experiment. Together with Professor John Malleus and Section 4, the overseer extended the reach of the white noise. The emitters were wired into loudspeakers throughout the vaults, primarily inside soundproof recording studios, where white noise was overlaid with music playback. To ensure full exposure, Rubin blocked the distribution of personal sound players and headphones to ensure that the musicians listened to music inside recording studios with the white noise broadcast. Professor Malleus was oblivious to the true nature of the project and went so far as congratulating his team on a job well done when these first large scale tests revealed that 33% of subjects that lapsed into a trance like state under the effects of white noise allowed the team to implement subtle, minor ticks to verify the effectiveness of the suggestion. The effectiveness was close to 100%, with less than a 1% margin of error. So, so far, so good. This works, and nobody's aware of it. However, this success was only temporary. Soon problems started to manifest. One of the musicians who was designated as Subject V920717, get this, went insane murdering three other dwellers in a bloody rage, forcing the security team to put him down. He was only killed after receiving 22 shots to the body. With no previous history of violence or mental instability, Professor Malleus began to question the effects of the white noise signal. Yeah, you think, dude, that this would be a moment to wonder if this is the right thing to do. To the overseer, however, the loss of life was negligible, and the behavior of the musician was proof of the project's importance. So to the overseer, this was a sign that this was working. It was just working maybe too well. And here's the proof. The man offered increased strength, tenacity, and unflinching obedience to orders from authority. What else did the post-nuclear world need from a soldier? Imagine soldiers that would do anything at all that they needed to do, even murder three people that they were close to, and only be put down by 22 shots to the body. This is somebody who is now brainwashed to be a death machine. The wiki article goes on and says, as such, the experiments were not suspended, even as the researchers autopsied the corpse to learn the source of the problem. What no one knew is that the white noise signal was causing neurological changes inside the brains of the subjects, resulting in dizziness, nausea, and the gradual loss of higher cognition and motor control, sometimes leading to psychosis. To make things worse, the entire vault was turning out to be a death trap. The location selected by, the, by vault tech was dangerously close to an underground water source, causing gradual deterioration throughout the vault. Corrosion spread through the pipes and installations, causing leaks and other damage. However, the worst damage was taking place in the lower levels, where the wall deterioration Resulted in stress fractures and crumbling of concrete walls. Although the technical team reinforced the walls to the best of their ability, they were fighting a losing battle. So let's recap this. We have 245 people in this vault, a bunch of musicians who are being brainwashed with a signal that they are not 100% aware is actually deteriorating their brains. Yes, it's causing them to become what could potentially be better soldiers, but it's also taking away their sense of self and it's creating a lot of mental problems. It's actually creating a breakdown in their brains. It's not actually adding to their ability so much as it is deteriorating them. And at the same time, their brains are deteriorating. The vault itself is falling apart due to erosion from an underwater source. Now, this is where the tragedy really takes off. Within a month, another 12 incidents happened. Ten dwellers succumbed to the white noise signal's adverse effects. With seven fatalities, men torn limb from limb by once respected representatives of the musical profession. Can you imagine a bunch of musicians who are, by generally, general standards, are not the most athletic types of people? Being super aggressive (laughs) and tearing people limb from limb. It's a little comedic, except for the fact that it's absolutely grotesque. Malleus pleaded with the overseer to abandon the project and salvage the situation. The vault, isolated from the devastated outside world, remember it was still blocked from the outside, was on its own. Reuben ignored the professor's pleas, dismissing the deaths as a necessary sacrifice. The overseer was still on track to assume that this was going to work out. However, to prevent the spread of insanity through the vault, he implemented a command phrase in the signal, Quote, sanity is not statistical. It was meant to provide the guards with an easy pacification method against citizens afflicted with the white noise. It was like a turn off button. A safe word, I guess you could say. However, this was not enough to prevent the situation from deteriorating further. As 30% of the vault's population, close to 70 people, were estimated by Malleus to be clinically insane and 35 dead, the professor deemed the entire experiment a failure. He believed the white noise inadvertently resulted in the degeneration of humans into savage mindless brutes. The solution was as desperate as it was daring. Malleus proposed abandoning the vault completely as the situation became untenable and outright dangerous for the rest of the inhabitants. But before they could go, the professor needed to learn the truth. The overseer refused to act according to the professor's plans, even as he realized the command phrase ceased to work and he lost control of the situation. He refused to recognize the fact that the vault was already lost. Instead, he ordered his security force to kill Professor Malleus in the vain hope that doing so would stop the violence from spreading. How that makes any sense, I'm not sure. It is not the professor's fault. Some inhabitants took it upon themselves to organize and secure arms in the face of half the vault going insane. Can you imagine how scary that would be if one out of three people you knew went in for some reason that you were not aware of. Think of all the different theories that must've been out there because they couldn't hear the signal. They had no idea what was actually going on. So they armed themselves and then they become, it's kind of like a zombie apocalypse. You become suspicious of everybody around you, but it turns out that it was too little too late as the vault crumbled around him and the, It says here, orgy of violence reached its apex. Malleus learned the truth from a mortally wounded security guard. He understood that the experiment he helped carry out was always controlled by Overseer Rubin, that the white noise emitters were hooked up throughout the dorms rather than just the studios, leading to exposure in sleep. This is why it was so effective. It wasn't just affecting the musicians in the studio rooms. There were no controls, no observation. Half the vault was dead. This was no no longer an experiment. This was a total brainwashing of the entire population. And the other half that was left alive was divided between the lunatics and their victims. Malleus did the only thing he could. He confronted the overseer to make him pay for his sins. The vault, a silent witness of the violence that transpired within, kept its secrets safe as best it could. With its maintenance crews dead, it succumbed to flooding from the underground lake. The once-human shelter became a haven for all manner of animals and mutated creatures. An empty husk, deep, Beneath the Ground. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. Welcome, Vault Dwellers and Wastelanders. Thanks for joining me for another episode and the silliness and morbidity of it all. Uh, I'm your host, Tomer Robots, and as usual, I'm so glad that you guys are here with me, uh, going through these different details from the history of the Fallout games. And I hope you're enjoying it. This week we have some new patrons to announce. First of all, we have Master Dueler Twelve. Who joins us at Tier Two on Patreon, and Peter Kimball Evans, Tier One Patron. Welcome to you as well, and then also Peyton Brown. Thank you for signing up, all three of you, and uh, I really appreciate the support, guys. This is this is awesome. The Patreon keeps growing. The Discord community is exploding. We have over four hundred people now on the Discord. So. Check out the show notes. There's there's links to all this stuff if you'd like to help support the show and more importantly, if you'd like to just come hang out with us. I really love talking with all of you guys about all these different topics on Patreon and all the different things that we have going on on the Robots Radio Network. It keeps growing. If some of you guys are interested in the Outer Worlds show and you haven't checked that out yet, if you've been playing the Outer Worlds, it's a great game. It's by the the makers of New Vegas and it is so so good. If you have any questions at all about if it's something you should be checking out, then go check out the outer Worlds show. Uh, Sebastian runs it. He's the guy who does hidden pixels. Go check that out. I can't recommend it enough. He's doing an awesome job with it. And the game itself is great. I've, I've streamed it a little bit. I'm kind of holding off on continuing further in my streams. Uh, by the way, I, I mentioned this at the beginning, at the beginning of the show, I moved my streams over to mixer.com slash robots radio. Come join me over there. I would love to hang out with you guys and chat about stuff while playing games. And I noticed a lot of people were playing the Outer Worlds, and I didn't want to spoil anything. So I've been holding off for a few weeks before I dive back into the Outer Worlds. I know it's a little bit hard to do that because it's such a good game, and I really want to get further in it. But I thought it would be a lot more fun for the audience to be able to kind of backseat drive a little bit, having experienced some of the things already in the game and not having spoilers, and then being able to help me make decisions that would be. Uh, more interesting (laughs) as we go through because I won't know what's coming. So I thought that would be a lot of fun, but I've also been streaming some other games over on mixer and I would love to hang out with all of you guys. It's always a fun time. Uh, Also this week we have some new reviews. So four new reviews. And if you would like to get your words on the show, first of all, if you want to call out, sign up on Patreon, patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. It helps support the show. It uh, contributes to my ability to keep this going and to keep improving my equipment and the quality of the show. And if you would like to get your words on the show, go to applepodcast.com, drop a review in there and a five-star rating, and I will read it out on the show. And to start this off, we have a really great one from Aperture Flash. He's one of our uh, Tier 4 patrons. Guy's an awesome guy. Super, super cool dude. And he writes five stars and this is it's a little long, but I think you guys will enjoy this. <laughs> he signs it has aperture flash. That's the topic <laughs> five stars. I can't say enough good things about this podcast. In order to write this review, I had to update an iTunes that has sat untouched since I got rid of my second gen iPod touch. <laughs> Almost eight years at this point. I have no need for iTunes on my ancient PC. Yet here I am. That is how good this podcast is. That's very high praise. Thank you so much. Robots with zeros is fantastic. And I am very happy to hear his velvety smooth voice dripped from my truck speakers like so much sweet honey on a weekly basis. His words tickle my brain and stimulate a conversation about the world of Fallout deep within me. And the discord server has had uh, has started in a probably one of the nicest communities on the Internet. He has started is probably I read that wrong. Probably one of the nicest communities on the internet. First, uh, when I first found it, I binged the first 20 or so episodes in two days. Not very hard considering I spend a good 11 to 12 hours a day in a large truck alone. (laughs) Since I know this is going to be read on air. Here are a few words. I want him to hear him say in that suave molasses. He speaks so smoothly. (laughs) All right. So here we go. Emulate moist. Lucador, Luchador, I think it's Luchador, Jamboree, Bobby Cagione, I don't know that word, Towelette, Tumbleweed, Mercedes, Lombardi, (laughs) Slumber, Calico, Moist Again, Matador, Miata, There there is a Miata channel on the Discord, by the way, it's only terrible, terrible memes about Miatas, you have to go check that out. Tom robots is a good sport and I wish him nothing but success in all his further endeavors. I honestly can't recommend this podcast enough. All the stars. Well, thank you so much aperture flash. (laughs) And thanks for making me say all those words. If you're going to use those and take out words from the podcast and make me say crazy things and like edit everything together, I think I'm on to you. Maybe there's something crazy going on here. All right, we also have a review from Caitlin Ah, A-H-H-H-H-H-H-H from Canada. Smiley face, five stars. I'm so grateful that someone as deeply into the lore behind Fallout as I am is making a podcast dedicated to it. A really perfect blend of personal feelies, feelies, I just said feelies, feelings slash theories, audio from games and official, quote unquote, readings from text from the wiki. Yeah, so some some is not as official as others, but I try to find the good stuff. Even the minisodes are everything you could want in a Fallout lore cast. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. That's awesome. Then we have Wendy, B Wendy. It's probably B Wendy from the US who writes "Love it five stars. I found out about this podcast a few months ago and have loved it exclamation exclamation. The extensive knowledge and fun conversations about Fallout lore are entertaining. Thanks for doing this. You're awesome. You're awesome, Buendy. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And then we have Lutz Zalek, Lutz From the U.S., who writes, Such a great podcast, five stars. I cannot say it enough that this podcast is one of the best out there. Wow. That's high praise. The detailed stories we get from the wastelands to the ideology of war and how it never changes. Even if you're not a fan of the series, these can be taken as short stories You can give image to in your own way thanks robots with zeros for all you do well you're welcome and thank you to everybody who helps support the show and appreciates this show It, it really has been an amazing experience doing this every week and hearing feedback from you guys and just being able to chat with the community if you are not a part of the community yet on our discord channel it's absolutely free you just create an account you can sign in on your phone you can jump in and chat with us, and I would again, I would love to hang out with you guys uh, in the evenings, evening times after nine thirty PM usually Eastern, six thirty PM Pacific. Uh, at least a few days during the week, I, I try to stream as often as I can. Oftentimes, other family things come up, but I try to get in there, play some games with you guys, and chat with the community. It's always a fun time, and and you probably aren't aware of this <laughs> until this episode. But some of the, the robots, like Buddy Bot from the show, uh, and some other robots like to show up in the stream and sometimes mess with me. It's, uh, I think the audience thinks it's pretty funny, but I mean, I'm the butt of the joke. So, you know, I, I guess it is. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So anyway, that's what's going on. Go check that out. Mixer.com robotsradio robots radio. And I'll see you guys in the evenings and on the Discord. And until next week. Oh! And I hope you guys enjoyed the Halloween special. We got a lot of great feedback about that. So thank you so much to all the rest of the hosts on the network for putting that special together. That was so much fun. We already have some questions about if we're going to do another one for Christmas. And my response to that was that I would have to somehow unmurder everybody. Uh, so maybe we'll figure that out. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. All right, guys, have a good week and be careful if you're in a vault playing music that you don't lose your mind. Danger, danger, danger. All right, talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com, or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter, at Fallout Lorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend, or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon.